Let's do it. Uh, can I have the first slide up, please? Morning, everyone, by the way. Great to see you. As um, many of you will know, uh, Benny and Bill Johnson uh, pastor Bethel Church out in uh, Redding, California, and uh, Benny uh, went home to be with Jesus this week after a three, four-year um, battle with cancer. Um, and we don't have to... Love doesn't require agreement. We can absolutely honour this family. Um, I am personally so grateful for Benny's, yes, uh, but Bill's continued, yes. They have sacrificed so much to be able to give what they do, and it has become one of the most influential churches probably in the, in the world, certainly in the Western world. And their, their heart for... Um, Bill and, and Benny's, but Bill's heart for knowing God as a father is, is off the charts. He, he, understands, he understands who Father God is. It's so precious. And they have given songs around the world. Um, we sing a number of their songs here. Probably the most influential book I've ever read after the Bible was God is Good, He's Better Than You Think by, um, by Bill. So we just really want to pray for that family. Thank God for Benny's life. But yeah, more than anything else, pray for that family. If you're on um, Insta, then you look, you can search for Bill. He, he, it's Be Revived, all one word, be, be Revived. And if you look, there are some precious, precious photos there of, uh, of, of Benny in her last hours. And um, the family are with her, Bill's worshipping um, honestly, just heartbreaking, precious pictures. But we'd love to just pray um, for the Johnsons, for the wider family. So thank you, Father, that, as the hashtag said, the hero is home. That she has finally gone home to be with you. And God, we don't understand. Can- cancer's never your plan. And, and when we look at the pictures of Benny in her last days, we can see that that is... Um, stealing, killing, destroying. And we don't understand, God, why she didn't get healed in, um, in this life. But that doesn't mean that you're not good. And it doesn't mean your word isn't true. And it doesn't mean that we don't continue to pray for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray now for Bill and the rest of the whole Johnson clan, the wider family, who are a close family, stacks of friends. And you say, God, that you will draw near to those who are mourning. And I pray, God, that they will mourn well and have the opportunity to mourn well so that it doesn't turn into grief and rot, away on the in- rot them away from the inside that they will be able to take their loss to you and pour out their hearts to you. We thank you for Bethel Church, for everything it's done across the globe, for the change that it's seen happen, for the people that it's sent out and then seeing change in that area and that area. And God, only you 
know the impact they've had. So thank you, Father. Just blessings on that whole family. Yeah, amen. Um, This guy, hopefully this will come up. Life... This guy, not that guy. This guy. Um, This guy. uh, Rob DeLuca. Uh, So hopefully most of you have seen my email that's come out. Uh, can you just wave if you've seen my email? That came? Oh, thank goodness for that. Do you want to wave if you haven't seen it? Okay. Anyway, Rob DeLuca's coming. The people who haven't seen it, you can see me afterwards. I'll try and work out what's going on, but you should have done. Um, so Rob DeLuca is um, a guy who I haven't met yet, but I am becoming Insta, close buddies on Insta. Um, but um, he, he is very influential in seeing powerful moves of God happen. It's a bit like a, um, a John the Baptist in that he precedes things that God is doing. Um, so we have someone here who is um, uh, loosely connected to him. He has seen and heard some of what's going on here and he basically wants to come along and encourage us and throw some grenades into the room. And um, As I said in my email, we we kind of uh, checked in with Nicola Neal because obviously I, I, don't, I don't know this guy. He seems like a you know, kosher, decent bloke to me. But, um, but Nicola Neal, who obviously is a good friend of ours and, and ours, uh, we checked in with her and uh, <laughs> she said, well, that has been a long time since anyone's asked me about the DeLucas. She said, they are dear, dear friends. And if he comes, you are in for a wild time. She said he loves to poke the bear of religiosity um, and he will just go after healing and he will go after people saying yes to Jesus. And that's why he'll come and he'll be uncompromised. He doesn't care whether you're big, you're small, you're shiny, you're polished, not polished. Does, he, he won't care. That's, she said this is what he's coming for. Like, wow. So he's coming in two weeks' time. I know the flyer says the wrong date. The second date. So it is July the 29th and 30th at 7.30pm. It's July the 31st at 9.30am. So it is our normal Sunday morning gathering. So that, honestly, I am really super excited about that. It's going to be great. I, um, I hope many of you will be able to join in praying, fasting, being expectant. If you can come to any of them, uh, then honestly, just do what you can to get here. Uh, even only yesterday, if I can find it quickly enough very good on Insta, me and social media, we have a bit of a hate-hate relationship, Um, but anyway, one moment, Uh, oh no, I've got a search in there, that's right, see, I just don't know this stuff, here he is, he says, um, we're also, that bit, I feel like God is bringing great breakthrough to his sons and daughters in the UK, cheers, Rob. I mean, he did say some other things, like about when he's landing and all these kind of things, which he doesn't know. But anyway, so we have four with us. My wife, Caroline, now two teenagers, Josh, aged 18, and Joel, aged 13. But I feel like God is bringing great breakthrough to his sons and daughters in the UK. Cheers, Rob. Oh, great. Up for that. I can, I can tell you're excited. So, um, excited in a British way. It's a bit like sad. And the British person that's happy. It's like that. It's brilliant. It's incredible. So, um, 
I am increasingly, honestly, I know I tease, but I am increasingly just the British. I love Britain. Like, I, honestly, I love this country. And I love so many things that are British. But the stiff upper lip drives me nuts. Because there is no stiff upper lip in heaven. There literally isn't one. It's like, come on, people, loosen up. We're supposed to reflect heaven, not Britain. Come on, thank you. Anyway, we're still selling these, and these are still amazing. I had someone from another church speak to me this week and say, I hope it's okay, I've got hold of a copy and I'm working... Outrageous, I said. I said, wow, of course it is. How are you finding it? What do you make? Well, who published it for you, they said. I said, "Uh, we sent it to a printer's. Uh, You know, like, great conversation. Really appreciating it. So if you haven't got one, they're not for sale at the back. Um, I've just seen. So that's, that's really good news. So this is, this is what we've been working through. Uh, this one here. Hopefully this will come up. Um, we are gradually working our way through. I'm just going to tell you. Um, hopefully some slides will catch up at some point. Um, God is good, we've done. We live in God's presence, we've done. God is always working. Nick's talk last week. Again, if you missed Nick's talk last week, you really need to get it online. Um, it's on podcast. It's on Facebook still, I think, YouTube, etc. It is well worth a watch and a listen. Fantastic. So good. Um, and she told me in advance, basically, I'm just going to tell stories. I said, that sounds like amazing. It sounds like Jesus. That's what he did, right? Most of the time, he just told stories. So today, uh, we are on this one. Um, well, that's really weird. That's okay, then. We're good. Looks different on my screen to what it does on yours. Um, but yours looks right, so that's okay. So let's go back to that God is always working in, in white. Set her free, Lord. Set her free. Uh, so let's stand and speak these out if you can. Uh, number three, God is always working. Here we go. 3A. We expect God to speak and act wherever we are and whatever we're doing. We create environments that welcome the Holy Spirit by looking for signs of what he is doing and saying and then join in. We believe that what was impossible yesterday is possible today because of who God is and the authority he has given us to see heaven come to earth. We boldly step into moments where miracles can happen by having a kingdom focus rather than a reliance on what we see or know in the natural. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Brilliant. Amen. Good. You can take a seat. Yeah, I'm pumped from that. Um, So God is always working. What I love, one of the things I have come to really love about God is he has a twinkle in his eye and he's always up to something. I love that about him. He's never out of ideas. He's never short on love. He never, he never doesn't have that twinkle in his eye. That thing. If, 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 well, I don't know what that could possibly be. Like if Father God honestly walked in the room, we'd probably all get wiped out. But um, because of the sheer glory. Um, but if he were to walk in the room now and stand at the back, honestly, he would wink at me. We're doing this, right? That. Amazing. 
So I've got some questions for you, um, and I know the answer, so you don't really need to reply, but you can if you want, just out of sheer enthusiasm. Who would like to see more miracles in their day-to-day? Me. Yeah, yeah, okay. Who would like to see more breakthrough in their day-to-day? Okay. Who would like to see more of what it's like in heaven here on earth? Yeah, good. I've only got two more, don't worry. Who has sick friends and family that you would love to see made well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Who has people in their lives trapped in seemingly endless cycles of poverty and brokenness, and you would love to see them free? Great, you're in the right room. Here we go. So, the thing is, for as we have said, um, we are 12 years old here at Numa Church, and we are really grateful for the stuff of heaven that we have seen happen here. We're really grateful for every miracle. We're really grateful for every person that said yes to Jesus. Every transformed life, we are super grateful. Uh, We really are. And I don't want any longer, we don't want to just see a miracle. I want to live in an atmosphere and an environment of miracles. Rather than we, we, we struck out, we got one, that thing... We don't just want to see breakthrough, but live in an atmosphere and an environment of breakthrough. There's a difference. So it's not, it's not we see the odd thing every now and again. It becomes the norm. Yeah. Healing and health become normal. Absolutely. Is it possible that Ashford becomes a cancer-free zone? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So we go back to this. Culture. As we keep saying, if it can come up on the screen, great. If not, I'll carry on. The environment we curate to nurture the things we wish to see. The environment we curate, so we we sift it, we deal with it, we we shape it, we we polish it, we we move it, we mould it, we, we, we tend to it. So the environment we do all those things to, to nurture the things we wish to see. So the things we wish to see are all those things, some of those, those things we just said. There's some of what we want to see, right? In that case, we need to do something with our culture so that we can see those things as a regular pattern. It becomes a place of healing and a place of breakthrough rather than a place that gets the odd healing or gets the odd breakthrough. Yes? With me? Okay, good. I know it's warm. We can do this. So, God is always working. My question is this, what do I need to do to line up with the fact that God is always doing something? If God is always doing something, and yet I look in my own life and I don't see much activity, funny word, of God, then it can't be God's fault. God's never out of ideas, never doesn't have a twinkle in his eye, he never looks at a solution, He never looks at a problem that he hasn't already determined what the solution was before the problem even happened. He's never stuck for ideas. So what if there were changes I could make, we could make in our lives that better positioned us to get to play? Are there changes I could make to see more people get the breakthrough they need? After all... We are, as I've put, we are the just eat delivery drivers of the kingdom. That's our job. People will eat of the goodness of God because we deliver. Somebody say, 
just eat. I was going to get a t-shirt made up. Yeah, but we are. That is our job. We are the delivery drivers for heaven. Our job is to deliver what's going on in heaven. So what is this... uh, I could not think of a good way to deliver it, so I'm just going to put it on the screen and tell you. I've been talking to God about this. How How do I position myself better to see more of what God is up to in my day-to-day for the benefit of you all, this town, and beyond? Same question for you, but I'm just asking myself for a minute. And these are the two words that keep coming up. I'm going to explain the second one in a minute. The first one we dealt with a few weeks ago. The second one, as I say, I'm coming to in a moment. Now, this is the problem when we use the word purity, is people immediately become legalistic. Christians are brilliant at it. We become legalistic and we develop our list of not allowed. But the good news about Jesus is we are not into behavior modification, but heart transformation. It doesn't mean that behavior modification doesn't count for anything, but it means unless you start with heart transformation... All that's going to happen is it's just going to lead to religion. If you're going to go after behavior first, it will just become a set of rules that you live by. And it will be dry and you will end up just um, becoming irritating. (laughs) You've met them, right? Those people who just have sets of rules. Their life is governed by rules. It's not governed by love. It's governed by rules. So let me just try and explain a little bit about purity. I've got a series of images here. So if I can have them on the screen, and please don't take them off, because I'm going to whip through them pretty quickly. This is the first one. Now this is, as you can see, hopefully, this is a spotlight shining from above on a a stage, a, a platform. It's got nothing to do with this in any way. You'll see in a minute. Now... Just go with me. This is God's glory. This is his goodness, his love, his majesty, his abundance, his kindness. This is, this is who God is shining down and, and emitting from heaven, God. Don't, don't, don't pick it apart too far. You'll see what I'm doing. Here, this. Can, oh, wow. Yep. yep, that's you. Can you see you there at the bottom? That's you. Or me. But for now, it's you. Okay? That's you. This is you. And that blue line that's coming out from there with the markers on the end, that is you and this is your life. This is you and your life. This is... No. (laughs) Siri just said, I'm not sure I understand. Now, bear with me, Siri. I'm getting there. So... um, You and your life. So this is your, that blue line represents the stuff in your life, the people in your life. It represents your actions. It represents your thoughts, how you spend your time, how you spend your money. Basically, everything that is, that makes up your day-to-day is stretched out in this blue line. Yeah? Get me so far? Okay, this will now become clearer, I really hope. If not, let's, let's never talk about this again. So... Now, the thing is, as you draw closer to God, 
as you go after him, as you pursue him, as you are devoted and you long for him and you are fed up with the status quo and say, I've got to have more. I need more. I'm so hungry for you, God. Then this is what happened. You can see this little person has now moved up. And it will become clearer when I go to this image and the person now really has moved up. But I'm going to go back an image and show you this. Can you see here that some of that person's life now falls outside of the spotlight? So as you move nearer to God, some of what was in your life before now falls outside the parameters of what is acceptable or beneficial. Your sensitivity to the Spirit, Holy Spirit, increases. Programs on telly you once laughed at, you're now aware the Holy Spirit is right there watching them with you and you think, I don't need this in my life. So it was never sin as such. We're not really talking about sin. That stuff's really obvious. That's always going to have come outside the blue lines, outside the, you know, the light. But it was never, it, we're not talking about sin. We're talking about stuff that five years ago, you could watch it. You could hang out with that person. You could do those things. Five years on, or a year on, or even three months on, or God can do it in a week. You're like, this isn't, I, I don't want to be watching this. There's nothing wrong with it. Shall I tell you one? That I, that's had this impact for me. I do still every now and then, but rarely. How immoral is the program Friends, can I say? So immoral. Oh, it's only Friends. And that's exactly it, that response. Nothing wrong with that. I get it. I've laughed at it loads of times. We even quote bits of Friends in our house. Who doesn't, right? And it's so immoral. There's virtually no morals in that program whatsoever. I'm not criticising Friends. If any one of the cast is watching, we love you. It's got nothing to do with that. And so there probably was a time when I would sit and just guffaw at friends. But I have to say that what's probably been happening a bit more, more recently, maybe in the last year or so, like I watch it and I think, oh, I just, I'm comfortable. I don't, I don't want this in my life. I don't want this input in my life. Because you, you, only you and I, only you have the control over what goes into your heart from your ears and whatever else if you're going to put that stuff in front of you then that's going to be the fruit of it right so we're not talking about we're not talking about sin as such if you look at this next one again see there's more that's fallen outside the lines so people like Catherine Coleman who is um, an amazing um, minister and incredible healing ministry she would say when she would stand on a platform she would say I've died a thousand deaths to be here You've got no idea what she has had to say no to, to be able to be where she is. To die to things and to say, I don't need that in my life because I want that. And if I want that, I'm going to have to say no to some other things. To be fair, it is the same in most people who get anywhere in life. Even if you just have Wimbledon, you take some of the top tennis players, they've had to say no to stacks of stuff to get to where they are. How much more... Do we offer ourselves to God in that way? Okay, now, I'm going to read this whole bit. It is a long bit. And to know, I didn't bother putting it up on the screen. Um, you, can, um, you can listen. It's great. So I'm purposely reading 
uh, from the Passion Translation because it's so readable. And I'm going to show you something after this. So be thinking about this purity thing. Do not hear this like Christians do as a list of rules. That is not what Paul is getting at. What you will hear as we go through is, don't do this, do this. No, 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 not this. If you do this, you'll get that. Don't do that, do this. Yeah, because you were designed to do this, not that. Like, that's crazy, don't do that, you want this. And literally all the way through, you'll hear it. So, are we sitting comfortably? Honestly, some of you are too young. So with, the, with, so with the wisdom Christ gave to me from the Lord, I say you shouldn't like, live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Ouch. Already we're supposed to be standing out. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. Because of spiritual apathy... They have surrendered their lives to lewdness, impurity, sexual obsession. Don't hold back, Paul. Why don't you say what you really think? But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded. So this is this, and he now says, whoa, whoa, hang on. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you've really experienced the anointed one and heard the truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. And he has taught you... To let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, meaning you, the old self, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that sprung from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. That's how you're made new, every revelation that is given to you. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you, life, and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in perfect righteousness. And you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. So, discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you'll be known as one who always speaks the truth. For we all belong to one another. Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge. Not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. If any one of you has stolen, I'm still over this side, from someone else, don't do it again. Instead, be industrious. Get a job, it says in other translations, earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless others. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead... Let your words become beautiful gifts to encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God. Never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? You resist him. We resist him. We stand in his way. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, insults. But instead, be kind. Be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God forgiven you? Well, in that case, forgive one another. Be imitators of God in everything you do. No pressure. For then you'll represent your father. 
and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Jesus and have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust or greed. For you're his holy ones. Let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. Guard your speech. Forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are just nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your hearts and spill out in your words. For it's been made clear to you already, the kingdom of God cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of repeated sexual sin, impurity or greedy. Because greed is what's at the heart of idolatry. How can they expect to have an inheritance in Christ's kingdom while doing these things? And he goes on. Be very careful how you live, being wise, not like those with no understanding, etc. So I have done you a bit of a favour, to be entirely honest. And I have separated out. I've done your homework for you to save you listening back to the talk. Like that. Red side. White side. So let's just have a look at a few of these. Don't live like unbelievers. Let go of the old person. No dishonesty in lying. Don't let anger control you. Don't steal. Don't use ugly or hateful words. Don't grieve the spirit. No bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, insults, sexual immorality, lust, greed, forsake obscenities and worthless insults. Now Paul isn't saying... And this is what Christians do, and I don't need to remind you how irritating it is and how far from God's heart it is. Paul is not saying, the ones on the left, that's a no-no. You can have a little checkbox. I will be round every week with a clipboard and see how you're doing against the left list and just see how badly you failed. That is not God's heart. What Paul is trying to say here is, if and I'm essentially turning this into what I'm saying here, so a bit of Paul filtered through a bit of me. If we want to see the stuff of God that we dream of seeing here, we're going to have to let go of some of the stuff that belongs to the old man. This is the way, Paul says, this is the way you used to live. It's not about behaviour modification. It starts with heart transformation. But that doesn't mean you do nothing about your behaviour because if heart transformation is real, your behaviour will become transformed. Is that not true? You go after the heart first, the behaviour follows. But that doesn't mean that you can't work on, I'm going to be careful to try not to do this. Let the Holy Spirit nudge you in the ribs over half this stuff. You'll go to watch something. You'll go to say something. You'll go to put something just marginally unkind. You... Well, you won't because most of you are following Jesus. So what you'll do is you'll put them on your prayer list and make sure you notify your friends. Or you just won't protect someone's dignity as well as you could because you want other people to know that this person has let you down and, and those subtle things, but you do it cloaked in while well, I'm praying for this person. That sort of, we all do this stuff. And Paul's saying, that stuff on the left, don't, don't be like that. Lean away from that. Come on, this is old school stuff. You, you, you've been bought at a price. You're, you're a new creation. So then we have this list on the right. It says, if you experience God, it will be seen. Brilliant. Be made new by revelation and embracing Christ. I'm more and more and more 
I am understanding as you work through the New Testament and look for Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we are transformed by the Holy Spirit. You realize that the words God speaks to you come through the Holy Spirit. It is revelation. Most people cannot change their behavior because, someone, because they feel threatened. Fear is a terrible motivator. Have something to give to others. Let your words be beautiful gifts. Be kind and affectionate. Forgive one another. Imitate God and walk surrendered to his love. Guard your speech. I was interested to see how many times speech came up in that left column. If you photographed it, you can have a look later. Be flooded with his light and you will be light. Goodness, righteousness, truth, the Bible list. So basically what it's saying is, if you imagine that list on the right, that looks like a life of devotion to me. And when we say purity, your purity doesn't have to be my purity. And my purity doesn't have to be Herbie's purity and whatever else. Because purity is a personal thing, unless it's obvious sin and goes against the word. So I am not making a law out of, or a rule out of, you, thou shalt not watch friends. You can watch friends if you want. It's not, it's not, it, there we go. She's back in. I'm not saying you can't watch friends. I'm saying for me, it's just increasingly a bit like that. That's for me. So I'm not making a rule. And we can't make rules up for other people. This is what people do with purity. They write, it, they write the word purity on a big stick and then beat people with it. It isn't very nice. I could not agree more. It's very unkind and not very godly. So Paul is, Paul is saying, lean away from that left list and instead lean into this list. Live devoted to God. Do you know why? Um, I feel like I'm picking on friends. It's not even in my notes, but <laughs> I quite like it in some ways. But do you know why? It's not because I've decided I don't want to watch friends. I haven't actually even made that decision. It's become less appealing. And that's because I'm running after God. Harder and harder, and I need him, and I want him, and I'm absolutely bored of being a pastor of a church unless we're going to see God move. Because it's so dull. You might as well all just go to the beach, frankly. There's way better things I can think to do than be here. Unless Holy Spirit turns up, and then there is nowhere else that I'd rather be. Because I want to be where he is. And I know he's with me all the time. And he's also down the beach. That's a lame excuse for being lazy and having priorities wrong in your life. Well, that was bold. Just, just came out and said it. It is. So these two words, again, devotion and purity. Devotion and purity. I'm, I, I'm inviting you. God is inviting us. He says, your culture... Chris, the culture of Numa Church, if you, God is always working, I'm always working, but if you want to see this as habitually, if you want to see this as a way of life, then there probably are some things that are going to gradually fall outside the scope of what's good in your life. Does that make sense? Do you get that? Oh, well, that's the sum of the talk. That's it, basically. I'm glad you got that. So God's glory, his goodness, this image here, I love it. His goodness, love, majesty become my focus, my longing, my desire. The thing is, I let the Holy Spirit draw me beyond Jesus being my hobby. You can try, you can strive, but actually, why don't you just ask Holy Spirit, 
I say every morning, oh, please make me more hungry. Holy Spirit, make me more hungry. I want to be, I want to be unsat- insatiable, like I have this insatiable desire. I don't ever want to be satisfied in God. I'm grateful, but like, come on, there's always more. There's more, there's more. There are people literally stumbling over the edge into hell every single day. There are people who are losing babies through cot deaths. There are people losing family through suicide. There are people dying of cancer. Even now as we speak, there are probably lumps appearing in people somewhere in the world. And I, I've got all eternity to kick back. But if God is always working then I want to be the best positioned I can to join in. It doesn't mean we can never do anything fun. God's in the fun too. It means we get our priorities. We get our ducks in a row. We put the big stones in the jar first. I'm back in the habit. I'm up at six every morning. I've got to have more of him. Oh, you don't understand. I'm not very good in the morning. Rubbish. Someone came round to you with a gun against your head. You get out of bed. Everyone can get out of bed. But it doesn't matter. You don't have to do six in the morning. I don't care when anybody does it. But we all make these just, they're just lame excuses. When people say, oh, I can't help it about my behaviour. You're like, <coughs> lie. Sorry? No, I can't help it. It's just a lie. It's just a lie. It's just not what the Bible says. Everyone can help their behaviour. Me, you, everyone can help their behaviour. And I know there's so often a why behind the what. So there's a predisposition to act a certain way. But it doesn't mean that you have to. So God is always working. And he says, if you want to see more of me working, be devoted to me and let some of these things drop off the outside of your life as you draw closer. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray, shall we? Come on. Thank you, God. God, you know that we are seeing change happen here. And part of the reason for that is because so many of us have got so bored of church as it's been. And instead, we are longing for you. We're much more interested in the kingdom than we are other things. And God, we know rotors have to happen. We know that there is like machinations of running a, a place that we get it. But God, we, frankly, I want to just become obsessed with you. I want everything else to be secondary. Everything else to be secondary. That I want to be able to say, Holy Spirit, you're my best friend and like really mean it. And like, because you really are my best friend. That's why I want to get there. Not someone that when I need him, I just let him wisp across a room. God, I want you to be my first thought in the morning. My last thought as I lay down at night. I want you to be my joy, my morning, my song, my worship, my afternoon. We are hungry for you, God. And I pray 
just against religiosity or legalism from anything that's been spoken about this morning. I thank you for the joy of this bit in Ephesians. I thank you for the invitation into more of you. And I pray that as we draw into you, God, that there would, that porn would drop off the outside, that unhelpful television programs would drop off the outside, that our language would be modified. And we're not talking about profanities, we're just even how we use our words. We become so aware of your spirit with us all the time and like, God, how can I use my words in this moment to bless, to speak life? Yeah, we love you, God. Thank you, Spirit, for your presence here with us this morning. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.